Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. Every Monday and Wednesday, I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Want to receive 10 tips to eat less water for your summer parties? Go to eatlesswater.com to download the free list. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Hi, welcome. This is Florencia Ramirez and your host of the How to Eat Less Water podcast. This is episode 11. Before I get started with today's episode, I want to tell you about an opportunity to cook with me at the end of this month. There's actually two days you can choose from either on the 30th of July or on August 1st. You will join me live in my kitchen. We'll make pizza together. I'll teach you what I do when I choose ingredients. I'll provide you a shopping list and recipes and an invitation, a template for an invitation if you want to invite others to join you for this pizza party because it will be a lot of fun, as it should be. When you are a kitchen activist, it is fun. I have all the information you need on a link in the show notes. I'm going to ask a question before I begin. Have you heard of the standard American diet? It's something that I've heard before through the years, but never paid much attention to until I signed up for a course about two years ago. It was a a plant-based cooking course. And in that course, they gave us some interesting facts about what is the standard American diet. And it got me thinking about the kitchens I grew up in. And I invite you to do the same, to reflect on the kitchens of your mother, of your grandmother, of your great-grandmother, if you had the, the opportunity to be in her kitchen. I remember standing next to my grandmother at the stove and she flipped tortillas that she made from scratch with a fresh pot of beans, always a fresh pot of beans, and homemade Mexican rice. It was such a simple and tasty meal. Nothing was coming out of packages in my grandmother's kitchen. My kids' memories of their grandmother's kitchen are different than mine. So they, they were served chicken nuggets in the shape of dinosaurs that came straight out of the microwave. There was lots of pizza deliveries, and they loved that. French fries and burgers from the drive-thru and chips that stained their fingers red. And it's not a way to judge what my kids were, were served. It's just recognition that my grandmother and my kids' grandmother were served the food that reflected 
the standard diet, the standard American diet. And it has changed, hasn't it? If we think back into our own memories, it has changed the way that we eat. What we serve in our kitchens has changed. And as a result, it has impacted our human health, our collective human health. And it's impacted the health of our planet because I've come to learn that it is one in the same. One of the things that they provided us in that plant-based course that I took was a table that compared what people ate in 1900 to what people ate in 2010. And I share that table with you in the show notes. But I'm going to give you some of those totals. For example, the sugar consumed in 1900 was five pounds a year on average per individual. In 2010, the total of sugar consumed per individual was 190 pounds a year. And if we look at our fat and oil, the oil and fats consumed in 1900 was about four pounds a year. And in 2010, it was 74 pounds. If we look at our meat totals, in 1900, one individual ate about 140 pounds of meat a year. In 2010, each individual American on average ate 210 pounds of meat per year. And for soft drinks consumed, it was zero in 1900. I guess they didn't have any soft drinks back then. And in 2010, the average American drank 53 gallons of soft drinks per year. So if you pair that with another statistic that I found when I was researching for my book, which is that the fruits and vegetables we eat today have fewer vitamins and minerals than they did in 1975. So let's look at broccoli, for example. If I held a handful of broccoli from 1975 and one and a handful from today, the broccoli from 1975 would have 54% more calcium than the one I'd hold today. The same is true for all of our fruits and vegetables. But let me just, let's just look at apples, for example. Apples in 1975 held, had 60% more iron than they do now. And that's the same for cauliflower, 60% more iron. Soil health has diminished on farms across America because of pesticide spraying and petroleum-based fertilizer used in the growing of our food. And as a result, the soil health is diminished. And then the plants that grow in that soil have less nutritional value. And when that plant then generates fruits and vegetables that we eat, then we also have diminished minerals and, and vitamins in our food. And so do the animals that graze on that grass that's grown from that soil. But the good news is we hold the solution. 
you and I can reverse that sad diet, the standard American diet food trends, beginning in our kitchens, starting now. But it requires us to return to those best practices from our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers and our great-grandmothers' kitchens. I mean, not everything that happened in the past is, is something we want to repeat, but we can take those p- parts of it that did work really well, that were building health, that were growing well-being for families and for the planet. And if I start to think about what I learned from my Abuelita Chola's kitchen, it was that she cooked from scratch and that she used seasonal and local ingredients and she grew a lot of her food in her own garden. Those are the things that I mimic in my own kitchen. Maybe maybe you don't have space for gardening as as I don't in in the home that I live in, but I go to the farmers market and I purchase fresh fruits and vegetables from farmers who are building their soil health because it's organic. So to do these things, you know, when I think about it for for myself and that I do do much of what my grandmother did in her kitchen. We do make tortillas from scratch. There's a lot of scratch cooking that goes on in my kitchen. Every every week I make a a big pot of beans and we eat them through the week. It doesn't look the same, but many of the aspects are there. And for me to do this in my own kitchen to bring in the diet that I was treated to in my grandmother's kitchen requires me to slow down. It requires me to be intentional with the shopping, with my planning, with the preparation of my food. I'm attracted to fast food or pre-packaged food when my life is really fast. You know, a lifestyle that offers little time to spend choosing the fruits and vegetables at the farmer's market. When our lives get really fast, it gives us little time to map our meals each week and forget about cooking from scratch because by the time the end of the the evening comes, if there is no plan for a meal, which then means that there are no ingredients to make that meal, it just becomes too easy to either scrounge for something that is not satisfying or just to go and get takeout, right? We've all been there. This week's action tip is to reflect on your own diet. What is your standard American diet or your standard household diet, right? What have you been putting in your mouth? Does it serve you? Does it serve the planet? You know, the answer is always the same either yes to both or no to both, because we are each tiny replicas of this planet. We're each born with 70% water, just like the planet. And that's not by accident. What one new tip, action tip can you commit to? Either something I've said today or in a past episode that you liked, maybe it was a buying biodynamic wine, maybe it's when you buy chocolate, you start searching for organic and fair trade. 
you know, all of those things add up. Maybe it means that you're going to start going to the farmer's market before the grocery store, or that you'll sit down and plan your upcoming week's meals. Maybe this means that you'll cook from scratch more times than you do now. So if you're not cooking from scratch at all, maybe this week, one time, you'll cook from scratch. Or if you're already cooking from scratch three times, maybe you add an additional night or two nights. And this is for dinner, but also for breakfast as well. This morning, I simply made myself for breakfast an apple that I, that I got from the farmer's market with the almond butter that I also got from the farmer's market and sliced that up and put almond butter on my, on my apple and had a bowl of yogurt that was left over for my daughter who was not planning to eat it because she, if she sees that the date says that it's expired, then she won't eat it, even though I keep telling them and eventually they'll get it. That, that expiration date doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that really, if you open it up and if it looks bad and it smells bad, then it's bad. But if it's not, then it's just fine. And it was a great bowl of yogurt that otherwise would have gone to waste. And I just sprinkled some nuts on there with some berries and then a cup of, of green tea. There was no cooking involved. That was the cooking from scratch. So it doesn't always require that you have a recipe or you have a long list of things to do. It just, when, when I say cooking from scratch, it really is about being intentional with your food and knowing what each of those ingredients are. Because we have control over those ingredients that we bring into our kitchens and then put into our mouths. As a result, then we have control over the stories that our food tells. And I want my kitchen to tell good stories. I want the food that is in my pantry and in my refrigerator to tell good stories. So on that note, I'm going to leave you. Remember, I'm here every Monday and Wednesday. And if you feel like somebody that you know would enjoy these episodes and, and gain some good information from the action tips, please pass it along. I look forward to meeting you here again. Bye for now. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water Shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating, because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to Eat Less Water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Monday and Wednesday. There is power in the collective. Thank you.